morning, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening in to our live broadcast. Or if you're listening to the recording, thank you for that as well. Um, it's, we go live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can also listen to the recordings there. And um, they're, they're also in podcast form on iTunes, Google, Spotify, etc., etc. Um, we just want to remind you, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, uh, please let us know. You can contact us at our website, jasondemars.com, or you can email me at demjas at gmail.com. Brother David Humes is asking, what mixing software are you using for video? It's for Mac only. It's called Ecamm. E-C-A-M-M. So that's not a scriptural question, but I'm glad to answer it anyway, Brother David. Uh, we're going to continue on part four of Ephesians. And we're going to be starting and reading at verse 10. And at the very least, we'll go through verse 14 today that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in, on earth even in him God bless you brother Tony so that in the dispensation of the fullness of time so dispensation speaks of a period of time, but it also speaks of an administration, like a, a, a way that God is dealing with mankind. In the Bible, there's seven dispensations. That's not to be confused with the seven church ages. From the very beginning of creation, the creation of man, there are seven dispensations. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, belabor the point and go through it all right now. Um, but there, there are seven dispensations. The first one being innocence, then conscience, then human government, then the promise to Abraham, then the law, then the gospel or the church ages, then the millennium. So, uh, seven different dispensations. The dispensation of the fullness of times speaks of the millennium. Um, I want you to notice in the next verse, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. And then... Uh, Verse 13, it says, after you've heard the word of truth, received the Holy Spirit. And he says, that's the earnest of your inheritance. So now, under this dispensation in the church age, we receive the earnest of our inheritance, which is the new birth by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So what is our inheritance? We talked about that before, about adoption. It's the redemption of our body, this body being likened unto his glorious body, 
And when does that go into effect? Of course, that goes into effect at the rapture. Then we have the seven, seven, uh, the uh, we have the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, and then we return back to earth to rule and reign with Christ. And that is this time the dispensation of the fullness of times, the millennium, the last age, before we enter to eternity. He says that he get, might gather together in one all things in Christ. That is that time when he's going to bring everything together in unity in Christ. Why? In the millennium, there's peace. There's, there's not sp spiritual war going on. At the very end of the thousand years, Satan is released from his chains, and he goes forth, deceives the nations. They come, they gather together, and fight against Christ and the saints in Jerusalem. But for a thousand years, there's unity, there's peace. Let's read common verse, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is that dispensation. All things will be gathered together in one, in Christ, things in heaven, things in earth, even in him. Interesting terminology because verse 4, he says, according as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world. So before the foundation of the world were chosen in him, but then in the dispensation of the fullness of times, that seventh dispensation, the millennium, the age of regeneration, all things will be gathered together in one in Christ. They'll be under Christ, under his rulership, and unified with his purpose. This is the time that all the world is groaning and yearning for. Romans chapter 8 speaks of it. For the creature was made... Uh, yeah, back up. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, verse 18, to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature, creation, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, for the redemption of our bodies. That's that age, that's the hour when the sons of God will be manifested in the fullness of their position, 
when they receive that adoption, which is the redemption of our body, our vile body, being changed and likened unto His glorious body. That's when all things are one, even in Him. Verse 11, In whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His will. We're predestinated to receive an inheritance. The Bible speaks of it here, Paul speaks of it as we've obtained the inheritance. But verse 14 says, we have the earnest, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Until we receive that new body, we have the earnest. So the inheritance we have, we're predestinated for. God chose us before the foundation of the world. He works out His will so that we come to our destiny, which is that new body, that new life. Um, not the present new life, but the new life, the immortal life, which we will receive when we have that new body. Um, and that's our inheritance. It's a kingdom and a body. Immortal, immortality and a kingdom that we are ruling and reigning over with Christ. And, he, and God did this all according to the purpose. He works it to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. He counsels with Himself and He works it according to His will. His will is primary. Our will does not overcome and thwart the will of God. God's will is primary. And that's what He works it after. He doesn't work it after our will. He doesn't see, oh, He chose me, therefore I'll chose him, choose Him. God works it according to the counsel of His own will. In Romans 9 it says, It's not of Him of who willeth, nor Him of that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of His glory, that we, our lives, what we've been through, how He's redeemed us, transformed us, given us a new life in Christ, made us a new creation in Christ, and has ordained us to have that new immortal body at the rapture, that is to be, that we would be the, to the praise of His glory, so we live for His glory, we walk for His glory, and our lives are ordained to be to His glory. In whom you also trusted after, all right, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. So you heard the word of truth, after you heard it, you trusted in Him. You put your faith in Him. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It wasn't you doing that. It wasn't you that worked yourself into faith. Remember, Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. So the Father draws you to faith in Christ, and therefore you trust Him. So after you heard the word of truth, you believed. 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom, that's what it's called, the gospel of your salvation. You're saved, you're delivered from the wrath of God by the gospel of Jesus Christ, in whom also, after you believed, so after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Acts 19, verse 5, uh, verse 1 through 5 speaks of it. Paul asked the Ephesians, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Not when you believed, since you believed. They said, We haven't even heard of anything as the Holy Ghost. And Paul explained it to them. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. That is the new birth. It came after they believed. Not before, not when they believed, but after. And it's a seal. Uh, when you're sealed with something, uh, it, it is showing that it's sealed until it's de it reaches its destination. You're not sealed from week to week, month to month. You're sealed until the day of redemption. Chapter 4, verse 30 says that, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. It's, a, it's a God's, the Holy Ghost in your life is God's seal. And when you receive that, you're secure until you reach your destination, your inheritance, which is the immortal body. And you, can't, can, you can never lose the Holy Ghost, and you can never lose that immortal body. And verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest means the down payment. So when God makes the down payment, he doesn't make a down payment and revoke it. Like we will. Sometimes you buy a house and you go through the inspection and the inspection comes back and you say, Ooh, the house is in really bad shape. Give me my earnest money back. <laughs> no, you, 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 God doesn't do it that way. When God pays the earnest money, he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't repent from it. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should repent, nor the son of man that he should lie. When he gives you that earnest, that goes until the day of redemption, which is when you get that immortal body. The redemption of the... Per you are per the purchased possession. So there's two parts of redemption. There's purchasing your property, and then there's taking back or redeeming your property. Christ purchased us at Calvary, but he's got to claim that uh, what he's purchased. In 1963, he took the title deed, the book of redemption, broke open the seals. When the rapture takes place, when the final seed comes in, the rapture will take place and he finally gives us a new body and he takes his purchased possession to himself. And once more, it's unto the praise of his glory. Why is God doing all these things? Why is God redeeming us? Why is God sending Christ to die for us? Why is he giving us the Holy Spirit? Why has he ordained us to a new body and given us the earnest by that spirit? Why is he doing it? For the praise of his glory. To the praise of the glory of his grace. He, he, he is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a glorious God. Why is he doing it? 
for his own glory. Amen. Why does he love you? For his own glory. Think about that, how beautiful. His loving you and granting mercy to you is not distinct from his glory. It's an expression of his glory. It's an expression of who he is, his greatness, his power, his majesty, his splendor, his grandeur is expressed through redeeming you. Amen. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. May the Lord richly bless you.